Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four... England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket Hour. Look back at the first day's play in the England against New Zealand Test match at Lords, and what a day! What a bizarre day! What an extraordinary sequence of events with 17 wickets falling, with England batting second, nudging towards the New Zealand target of 132, but still 16 behind with only three wickets left and all sorts of strange incidents like a debutant taking four wickets and a fielder diving uh, over the line, getting concussion and being replaced by another player who was in Manchester yesterday and had to travel down uh, down the motorway to come to the ground and hasn't yet had to bat. I mean, I can't. you can't make it up, Simon, can you? Cricket just has an incredible way, especially test cricket, has an incredible way of throwing up extraordinary narratives. Well, we were all looking at... You know, Brent, Brendan McCullum's first day as England coach, Ben Stokes's first day as, as England captain, it was all going so well for England. It, at one stage, you think, yeah, they're going to win this game. They're in a winning position. They were past 50 and replied to 132. The pitch looked OK. I mean, there's a bit in it. And then suddenly, it's another one of those England collapses, 7 for 41. Mind you, New Zealand had a 7 for 45 collapse earlier. And in between, it was 146 for 3. So it felt as though, you know, there was a bit of nibble early on this morning. There was some swing. There was something in it for the bowlers all day. But it did seem to flatten out. And, you know, batters were able to prosper. And then suddenly, one wicket goes down. And it, it all changes around. It's a, and it's, it's a familiar story for England. Their, their batting looks incredibly fragile. Uh, and now it's, the game's right back in the balance. Uh, at one stage, England looked, you know, they, they must have been you know, short odds to win the game. And now you'd say New Zealand probably are, you know, are in the better position in the match. Mm. And uh, as you say, I mean, England, for, what, when New Zealand were 46 or 7, I mean, you're rubbing your hands thinking, well, this is all over. 
Uh, you know, that, they often say, don't they, that one terrible session can't win a test match, but it can lose a test match. Or one one session can certainly change a game, but it te- it'll tend to lose a game rather than win a game. Um, that sounds a bit uh, a bit kind of cryptic, but basically, if you do get bowled out for seventy or something, you're going to lose. And somehow, New Zealand managed to recover to 132. It was funny, wasn't it? It was a it was an innings of of two distinct halves of batsmen who looked completely ill at ease, poking at balls very tentatively for the first 20 overs or so. Um, was it that was it that uh, commemoration to Shane Warne at 23 overs to uh, mark the number that he used to use uh, wear on his back? that sort of seemed to change. And New Zealand suddenly, uh, having seen the players all standing to attention and um, very much in tribute to Warren, uh, after that, the, the New Zealanders played shots and managed to scrabble their way to 132, which looked wholly insubstantial, but nevertheless was an improvement on 46 or 7. And suddenly, 132 seems a long way off when you lose five wickets for eight runs in the middle of your innings. I mean, here's a stat from Andy Zaltzman. Uh, teams have scored 135 or fewer in their first innings in a test match. 22 have won and 105 have lost. So, you know, overwhelmingly, I mean, just, I mean, you don't, you don't need to be a, uh, a cricket nut, really, to realise that 132 is, is insubstantial in your first innings. And generally speaking, you far more often than not, you, you go on to lose the game. But there is a chance here that New Zealand could win it. I mean, that, that 23 over mark came just before lunch, didn't it? And then New Zealand obviously regrouped. They thought about it and they went out and played some shots after lunch. Jameson actually was caught at fine leg quite soon after lunch, but they kept playing strokes to Grandhome, played well. Southie played a few shots as well and Bolt. I mean, they've got some quite good strikers down the order, haven't they, as well? Those, those mm. pace bowlers who, who can sort of get into a bit. Well, I tell you what it reminded me of a little bit. It didn't totally get out of hand. It reminded me a little bit of a couple of things that happened last summer. First India here at Lords, when Shami and Bummer on the final day just started playing shots and they got away with it. And they got, in that one, they set up an Indian victory because they actually uh, produced a, a really damaging uh, late order partnership and, and England j- just couldn't cope with it on the final day. But also, it also reminded me slightly of Shardul Taka on the... Uh, the first day of the, the Oval Test match last year, yeah, where he, he played a few shots, got 50 quickly. And okay, it didn't dramatically change the game, but they got from something like, you know, 110, 120 up to 190. And it just gave them something mm. to bowl with and kept them in the game. And it was a bit like that, wasn't it? You know, 45 for seven, you, you're just out of the game, really. But to get up to 130, and, but even then, the idea of being able to fight back from being bowled out for 130, especially when the opposition, are, what were they? England were 92 for two. Uh, you, you know, England totally in control of the game. I thought Root's dismissal was actually quite key because he was playing nicely and then he, he perhaps just got a bit too ambitious trying to force mm. to Grand home and, and firm Nick low down, good catch by Southie. And from then on, the game turned round and dramatically as well. England lost five for eight and England supporters, you know, it, it, was, it was same old, same old, wasn't it? Uh, I, but even then, it, it still felt a, you know a rem- remarkable day's cricket. I think not least because of that. If you look at the scoring patterns in the day, you know forty-five for seven, the one hundred and fifty-three in the middle, and then an- another seven wickets going for forty runs. It's all, it almost defied logic. I mean, you you bowled here a lot, Yoz. I don't know whether it did did as much when you played, whether it swung as much or just nibbled as much as when you played. I mean, there was something in it all day for the bowlers. There was swing, for example, all day, and there was all there was still movement, you know, late on as well. 
Yeah. Look, I mean, how does this uh, day compare to the history of cricket? Well, 17 wickets falling in a test match uh, at Laws on the first day. Has that happened before? Well, it has. It actually happened against uh, Ireland, the England-Ireland game Mm. last year. Uh, or was it two years? No, sorry, it was two years ago, wasn't it, when that, when that happened? 2019 uh, it was, 2019. 2019. It was after the World Cup, wasn't it, uh, when, when that yeah. happened. And the only other time when more than 17 wickets had fallen in a day's play at Lords, the first day, was in, I think, 1896. So it is a pretty rare occurrence. Uh, what, what, what do you put it down to? How do you explain it? Well, I would say, and, you know, as you say, I've bowled a lot at Lords. I think it's a, a combination of... The ball doing a little bit, right? That's the first thing. It was doing just a little bit. When you put that against the slope at Lords as well, which gives bowlers a bit more confidence, they know that the little bit of movement they're extracting off the pitch will be exacerbated by the slope. You you add that into it. You also add in the fact that the New Zealand batsmen haven't had much practice. A few of them have come from the IPL. Uh, playing white ball cricket is no preparation for red ball cricket. I also think there's another little thing, and that is that when you're a team and your captain wins the toss and elects to field, the bowlers are under pressure. But if your captain loses the toss and you're put into the field, you almost think, ooh, if there's a little bit in the pitch, uh, okay, we, we've got an opportunity here. So there's a mental sort of psyche to it as well. If you're in the field by choice, you feel under pressure as a bowler. If you're in the field by default, uh, by being put into the field by the other captain, you almost feel if there's something in the pitch that uh, and a little bit of cloud cover, that there's an opportunity here. And England grabbed that opportunity. And, you know, I suppose the final thing to say about why I have so many wickets fallen is you are talking about some of the finest operators of seam and swing the game has ever seen certainly from the England perspective Anderson and Broad and to a lesser extent Southie and Bolt two of the finest bowlers that New Zealand have ever produced and Jameson actually is a damn fine bowler as well was man of the match in the World Test Championship final against India and basically won the game got Coley out twice and so on so you are talking about some fantastic bowlers armed with very very precise statistics data about where to bowl people who know the lord's slopes and kind of contours pretty well so uh, and against batsmen who are either a little bit rusty or not very good yeah what what did you think of matthew potts on his debut remarkable debut four four for 13 i thought he was absolutely excellent i thought he he kept it simple in fact interestingly i spent a bit of time today with angus fraser uh, the former England and Middlesex bowler, and he sort of saw some similarities in himself with Potts. Keep it simple, don't try too much, bowl a good length and line, let the wicket do the work, and it did, you know, and he he, he bowled an immaculate line, and then I think he only conceded a couple of singles in his first three or four overs, made them play, bowled quite full, it looked as if he was reaping the benefit of uh, some good rhythm and confidence from six championship games for Durham. So, you know, overall, I thought he did superbly well. Uh, it obviously helps having your teammate Ben Stokes at mid-off to encourage you and the fact that he came on to bowl when already uh, the New Zealanders were in trouble. But he captured his opportunity brilliantly. For those who haven't seen him bowl, and um, you know, people will now more, won't they? They'll, they'll watch the live coverage, they'll watch the, the highlights. I mean, how would you characterise his bowling? A tall, 
uh, and a, a decent pace, 83 miles an hour, 82 miles an hour, um, doesn't look to swing the ball. And I think that's a big advantage, actually, in especially early in your career, because swing is such a fickle art in a way and you never know from one day to the next whether the ball will swing if you're not a swing bowler if you're a line bowler which he is and you know similar to as i say angus fraser or you know glenn mcgraw or somebody like that even broad in a way you know you, you can set your ball up and you know roughly where it's going to go if you're not relying on swing so he's got a channel that he executes extremely well he likes to bowl that that area just around and about off stump and just sort of on a length or slightly back of a length. He's got enough pace. It's not quick, but it's it's the, the old-fashioned cliche, bowls a heavy ball, he gets a high action, he puts a lot of shoulder and back into his deliveries, so it comes up off the pitch with a bit of extra bounce and sort of venom, and uh, he, he just keeps an immaculate line and length uh, at a decent pace. So uh, I'd say he, he's, a, he's a typical English seam bowler. He's probably not on England number eight, though, is he? I mean, it was, sure. I mean, batting at number eight, I mean, he bats at Durham at, at nine. Um, you know, mm. That's probably, you know, that's county level. He's batting here at number eight. And actually, his dismissal, I mean, it was a bit of a wake-up, wasn't it? A test cricket, but I mean, Bolt banked him out. And he, he played it, he actually played it like a number 10, number 11, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's the case. And uh, probably it happens in county cricket that you don't see bowlers of someone like Bolts or Southie's expertise, their ability to get the bouncer up from not that short with a bit of extra effort. Uh, you don't get, I mean, I, 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 you don't get that many good bouncers bowling county cricket, do you? There'll be a few, obviously, but there's not a lot of pace in county cricket generally. Uh, and, and number eight or nine, he's at number eight or nine for a reason. And that's because he doesn't pick up the, the good balls as well as somebody higher up the order and uh, you know to actually tall batsmen and, and Potts is quite tall they have trouble more trouble with the short ball than a shorter player who's used to the ball uh, you know chest high and above but a tall batsman wouldn't get too many bounces head high so you know if you're a tail ender they're probably not very good at playing mm. it Jimmy Anderson today I mean he was in sight of another fifer I mean remarkable isn't it really I mean he's He's into his fortieth yeah. year, and he actually—I mean, two batters out caught on the pull today. I mean, he banked a couple of them out, uh, albeit they yeah. were playing quite you know, extravagantly. And you, you could test those lower order players out with a short ball because he had men back, and you knew they were going to play some shots. What about Anderson today? Then I mean, I don't know. Does he have a? He doesn't have a point to prove, does he? In his fortieth year, but he was obviously hurt, and upset by the fact that he was left out for the West Indies tour. How did you assess him? Because actually, you look at his figures. Actually, it's unusual for him to go for sixty-six from sixteen overs. Admittedly, they were they were playing some shots. Was that because just because of that the match situation? Uh, is he a bit more hittable with a slightly older ball now? If players are, are playing shots against him. Uh, how, how do you assess him? Uh, I, I think there's, uh, there's, uh, those are all good points. I think you run out of superlatives for his first spell. You know, six overs, only one scoring shot, mm. uh, a clip through mid-wicket for four and two wickets. And pff, just he just never leaves that really awkward area. I thought he pitched the ball up a little bit more today and he got the, the, a little bit of movement. He got those two wickets. He never gave the batsmen anything. They were a bit tentative, inevitably. But, uh, you know, the pace was good. The accuracy was, as we know, 
Uh, I, I like the way that he got a couple of wickets with bouncers because that's not a kind of generally uh, a type of ball that he bowls very much. And I've often thought he should bowl more uh, in, in sort of later spells, especially just to keep the batsmen guessing a little bit more and keep them from planting their front foot hard down the wicket. So that was well done. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get slogged a bit. I mean, you know, tail end batsman Southie and um, De Grando and people like that, they're, they're good players. And, you know, Southie's just been at the IPL. A length ball from a, mm. an Anderson 82 miles an hour is just what batsmen want in the IPL. Uh, tail enders especially when they're in the last bits of bits of the t- T20 innings so he is a bit hittable I suppose and he doesn't have a slower ball and things like that really uh, so yeah I, he is going to go for a few runs and that's where I suppose England do need that cutting edge of a Joffre Archer and Mark Wood who can really give the tail enders a bit of a hurry up and uh, sort of almost scare them out you, you do need that when the ball gets a bit older. Mm-hmm. One aspect of, of England's fielding effort today actually was how well they caught. I mean, what a, I mean, that was a stunning catch by Johnny Bairstow to get things going. I mean, he's been a feature of England's out cricket in the last two or three years. They seem to, you know, they have dropped a, a lot of close catches. Bairstow taking a three in the slip court. I mean, all very different ones. One, I mean, absolutely stunning catch. I mean, if you haven't mm. seen it, then you know, watch it on the highlights. Brilliant grab away to his left-hand side. I, when I was watching it with the naked eye, I thought that, that just can't possibly be out. It just looked too low, too difficult. But magnificent grab. And then the, the one which he parried, uh, which, which, which would have looked bad, actually, if he dropped it, because it was a relatively straightforward catch but he managed to dive forward and scoop it off the ground everything was going his way and then a, a catch low down as as well so three catches and a good catch from Ollie Pope and also a good catch from uh, Ben Folkes to get uh, give Potts mm. his first test match yeah. wicket and, and what, a, what a wicket as well to get rid of Kane Williamson it's a bit out of sorts Kane Williamson at the moment with you know n- not many runs in the IPL he's been you know, back to New Zealand with the birth of his second child Nought playing for the New Zealand team against the counties 11 at the weekend and then and now a low score out for two a test match average of 53 I'm a you know class player fantastic player uh, but yeah, perhaps just in one of those uh, runs of form that that all batters get from from time to time but, but again a, you know very good catch from uh, Ben Folks. I just wonder whether eventually I don't know I mean Folks is a He's an interesting character, isn't he? You know, he's still there overnight. He'd come out tomorrow and score some runs and you know, perhaps take England beyond New Zealand's total. I wonder whether uh, whose place is vulnerable. Is, is, is Bairstow's place vulnerable with Harry Brook breathing down his neck and scoring all those runs? Or is Folks' place vulnerable with Bairstow moving back to keep wicket and Brook slotting in at number five? Well, I think they'll give it some time. Um, but you know, good from Folks. And a chance for him tomorrow, actually, okay, it might just be in a cameo because he hasn't got a lot left to, to play with just to sort of boost his, his case I think that in the end Bairstow will end up with the gloves actually uh, because I don't think England will be able to afford to have the luxury of a keeper who uh, yeah, you know folks is a decent batsman but he's not a match altering batsman generally he's a, he's a steady accumulator decent player he's got a first actually, class average of 39 uh, yours, I know and... he's, I know he's, he's, he's okay. He's a good player, but I think that that number seven spot is a, is a spot for a game changer. And mm. it might be a bit low. I suppose seven might be low for Bearstow, but I think you want someone there who can take attacks, t- attack on or capitalize on a, 
a good situation. And Folks, to me, is just a bit orthodox. And uh, he's a good... Uh, look, I mean, I, I don't want to criticise him, really, because he's a good cricketer. But yeah. I just wonder with England and this sort of general fragility of their batting, whether yeah, they can afford a, a class keeper who is a decent batsman, but not a game changer. I think they might eventually revert to either Butler or Bairstow at seven uh, and then have played and play six batsmen because, you know, as we were saying yesterday uh, on the preview, especially in England, you can lose buckets of wickets in, in quick succession when a bowler gets on a roll or the clouds come in and the jute ball starts behaving like a slippery snake. And if you don't have a little bit of ballast down the order... You 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 you're vulnerable, uh, so, and and England are, aren't they? And you know they're still not even ahead, despite bowling New Zealand out for 132. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, Yoz. Lees and Crawley opening the batting. 132 on the board for New Zealand. Few overs to face until T. They got to T, 19 for no wicket. They progressed the partnership, got to 59. And then Zach Crawley discussed. I mean, he he produced actually some of the cleanest uh, batting of the day. Some lovely drives. You know, he looked in control. And then lo and behold, the, the tempter from Jameson, that, that widish full delivery, nicked off, gone. Uh, it's it, we've seen it so many times before. Yeah, and the, the, I was in a box uh, talking about it with two, one ex-professional and one current professional player, and they both sort of hung their head in dismay and said, "Oh, he's like James Vince," <laughs> and there is a little bit of the uh, the, the similarity. I mean, it, it is exasperating because he has got so much ability, but he's still not recognizing. When is the time to to play certain shots? And Kyle Jameson looks to swing the ball away. He's a tall bowler, but he looks to pitch it up and swing the ball away. He's bowling from the nursery end. He's bowling a length. The, the ball has done a fair bit in this day so far. Not extravagantly, but it's done enough. Don't drive on the up outside off stump. If it's full, and Ollie Pope got a ball soon after that from the same bowler, which was a half volley, and he hit it for four. Good shot. Crawley was chasing one. It was four, four, you know, three, four stumps wide of off stump. So I don't know, eight mm. inches wide of off stump. 
and he, he, he was chasing it. It wasn't a half ollie. It was at the nursery end, bowled from the nursery end. So it's going to go away from you a bit if, if the natural geography of the pitch you know, does its usual thing. So it was a very ill-judged shot. And he stood there and he waited for the decision and he contemplated reviewing it. it you know, it, that was almost, oh God, have I done it again? That was a sort of, oh no, I, mm. can I maybe get away with this? A- no, you can't. It was a bizarre moment there, actually, because I think everyone knew he, he nicked it. I mean, even he did. It was a strange one. Or, or perhaps he thought, did I hit that? Or did my bat hit the ground? And he went down to talk to his partner. I mean, New Zealand were off celebrating. It looked like a, a clear nick, and it, and it was. I think it was It was just such a deflating moment because he played really well. It was, it was again, the, and, and it's a feature of his, his play. And he's a, de- he's a delightful player to watch when he's striking the ball. And he, he's one of those players, you sort of beguiling. You want him to succeed, really, because he, he's such a a pleasure to watch but I suppose it's it's just that frustration I mean back in the day you'd think of someone like David Gower you know who's a, a, a far more successful <laughs> player and probably you know will end up being a far more successful player overall than than Zach Crawley but he was similar wasn't he David he would he would delight you delight you delight you and frustrate you whereas uh, Zach Crawley probably uh, delights you delights you frustrates 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 you there's a bit more frustration there than with David Gower but it's it you know it's it's all what you get with a player like that but probably you know to succeed you just need to be a little bit tighter well that's one side of the coin what about the other what about Alex Lees I mean he was he, he was set up batting down the pitch and well outside of of off stump as well and I was on actually commentating with Alistair Cook and he was saying he's saying you know he, he, there's an LBW chance here. Why don't you put in a leg slip? They've got the man back at the deep back with square leg. So, you know, if you bowl one full on the pads, then he can clip it away for a single and no, not too much damage done. Or you can bang in a short one and he can be caught on the deep back with square leg boundary. And you could you could see Alistair's mind as former captain just ticking, and as an opening batsman as well, just ticking over, ticking over, thinking, yeah, there's danger here, there's danger. And South is a class bowler as well. And he, he was bowling wide of off stump, wide of off stump. And then he bowled the, the straight delivery. Okay, it was marginal. It was it was clipping the top of leg stump. It was umpire's call. Uh, but so, what about Alex Lee's setup? Mm, well, that that dismissal had all the kind of similarities of the way Kemar Roach got him in the Caribbean, actually. Yeah. As well, yeah. I mean, Alex Lee's is the opposite to, to Zach Crawley. Funnily enough, I was watching both of them bat with Ian Bell, and we were talking about the art of batting and the art of shot selection. And actually, we were sort of saying that in some ways, it's better having less shots, as in an Alistair Cook, than more shots, as in an Ollie Pope or a, a Zach Crawley. Because, uh, you know, if a ball comes down and you've got so much ability, talent, skill, as, you know, the likes Crawley have, Pope has, sometimes you've got two or three options for the ball coming down. And that is a problem in itself because you have to choose the right option. And sometimes they don't. Whereas if you're a more limited player, you stick to your basics and you can be more successful with just sort of three or four shots. And of course, Alistair Cook had an incredibly productive career with just Mm. basically three shots. He couldn't drive the ball. He worked it through the leg side and he had a pull and a cut. And basically that was it. But in a way, that's quite a good basic game. It's got offside and leg side uh, properties and it, it's got a kind of control and a compactness about it. Unfortunately, with Lees, he hasn't even got, to, to my mind, he hasn't even got the, the Alistair Cook range. He's even more limited. And I find his 
obviously he's he's resolute. He's got a you know a reasonable defence. But I tell you that I think the weakness with his batting it's very stiff. So when he plays forward, his front leg is almost rigid, and you need a bit as a batsman. You need a little bit of give. You need a little bit of flexibility to be able to ride a ball or steer it somewhere or glance it or you know time it. You need that that sort of dynamic nature of your body, which he doesn't have. He's too rigid. And in a way, you know, that's partly why he was out in the end. He was shuffling across, playing a rather rigid leg, leg stump, stump sort of clip and missed it and went and departed. So I, I just think he's a very restricted player and he's a guy that is never going to really pose the bowl as a problem, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You, you you play at Test match level. It really, you really do get the focus on your full beam, and you, any weaknesses that you have are exposed, especially with a, a class bowlers. And we've seen lots of uh, class bowlers. We saw, saw some in the Caribbean, and we're seeing some here as well. Of course, we saw the Australians exploit England's weakness uh, with the bat in Australia in the winter. So wither this Test match. I mean, he's bounding along. There's some we bad weather forecast for sort of last part of Saturday possibly into Sunday possibly uh, Monday I'm, I'm, as well I'm suspecting that some of the England and New Zealand players have got tickets for the for the big pageant <laughs> well I mean I mean this could be a short test match couldn't it and, and I mean unless of course it, New Zealand just sort of put the I don't know put the pitch conditions whatever in in some sort of perspective tomorrow and just sort of bat properly and just calm everything down as it looked indeed as though but you know the, the both the batters were in that middle session of the day when you know very few wickets fell and and, and runs uh, were being scored so you know where's this game going who where's the balance of power England might get a small lead might they uh, 116 for seven so they've got yeah. three wickets yeah, left they they're, they're 16 runs behind it basically going to be a, a one innings test match one thing we haven't talked about so far you know Matt Parkinson what, I mean, what a day he had I mean woke up in the Manchester area and then you know if you'd said to him uh, okay uh, uh, Matt uh, tonight you might have your pads on uh, about to bat for England at Lords because I mean they're, they're, he must have been scrambling for his pads there towards the end with England losing the, all those wickets he got to the ground and he probably thought oh yeah I won't have to be involved today but he, you know he'd been in his kit presumably looking to find out where his pads on because there was a chance he was going to bat uh, before the close of play what a bizarre day you know it's, it's been for him what a strange day it's been for uh, Lords in general anyone who turned up today actually certainly had their, their money's worth you know people sort of talk about the price of the tickets and actually Lords was quite full today it didn't look as though there were too many spaces uh, around the ground but I mean you certainly had your money's worth today but if you've got a ticket for Sunday but you know possibly even Saturday I don't know you might you might be um shortchanged <laughs> remarkable remarkable start to the test match summer yours you know tomorrow will be different because you feel the batsman will get stuck in a bit more. And what you've got to do is make these fast bowlers who are very good bowl second, third, fourth spells and, you know, with a softer ball. So it's just, it's duty bound on the batsman to just try and stay in a bit more, a bit longer and it will get easier, undoubtedly. And the bowlers will get tired. And, you know, England bowlers have got to come out and bowl again tomorrow morning Soon after, probably the start of play, depending on how long the last three wickets last. Bowlers always hate that. So the chances are they won't be quite as successful second time round. The New Zealanders have had a bit of a look at Potts, so they know what he's about. He might be struggling with his calf, I suppose, or, or his cramp or whatever. He, he went off with cramp, didn't he, towards the end. And I think that was probably yeah, yeah. a product of the excitement of the occasion, 
Law's first test match, four wickets. Uh, inevitably, it's going to creep into your body and you know, the, the adrenaline has kept you going. But in the end, um, the body says no for a bit. But I, I reckon he'll be fine. But it, it, it obviously will be a bit of a concern that uh, they're going to be getting some fluids in. Yeah, actually, um, you know, I'm I'm doing this other podcast, as you know, at the moment, the, the, the barest of margins. And the next episode is all about what bowlers are supposed to eat and what they should eat and what they should drink. And one of the pieces of advice from the England nutritionist, Emma Gardner, is eat more than you think you need as a bowler and drink more. So that will be a lesson, I think, that Potts learns very quickly. Well, I'm not going to predict how this game is going to pan out. I mean, I have to say, when England were sailing along, when they were moving up towards 90 for two, something like that, you thought, well, there's only one way this game can possibly go. You know, Joe Root's going to get a big score, perhaps Ben Stokes, uh, Bairstow to come, England to get a decent lead and put pressure on New Zealand. But what a dramatic turnaround in the last part of the day. Who knows where we'll be uh, this time tomorrow in terms of the game, but we will uh, review it for you and we'll speak to you then. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.